Today, on this edition of the Heartland Community Church Podcast, teaching pastor Steve Carter opens the new series, For Anyone and Everyone. Hey, Heartland, Steve Carter here. We kick off week one of a brand new series called For Anyone and Everyone. And I got to tell you, five years ago, I received a phone call. And I pick up the phone. It's my buddy, JJ. And he says, are you sitting down? Which is never a great way to start a phone call. I said, no. He goes, well, sit down. And he begins to tell me about our mentor, Hal, was in a terrible motorcycle accident and passed. And I was shocked. Um, Hal was a spiritual father for me. He was someone that um, I talked to multiple times a week. Um, He meant the world to me. I flew out to Arizona uh, because he was pastoring there five years ago. And I went to his funeral and I got up to speak. And I'll never forget looking across a room of almost 1,500 people. Uh, There were Republicans there, there were Democrats, there were profoundly conservative people, there were profoundly progressive people. The local Phoenix Amman was there. The diversity in that room of color, of age, of belief, scattered in this church to celebrate the life of this man, my mentor, Hal. Hal's childhood best friend, Dean, gets up and says these words. Hal had this ability to welcome anyone. Really, Hal defined a hashtag welcome. He literally just welcomed everyone to his life, to his table, to his home. I remember getting on the plane, flying back to Chicagoland, and as I'm flying back, I I started to think about my own life and my own funeral. I wondered who'd actually be there. I wondered if they'd all be around the same age, if they'd all be around the same beliefs, around the same look, the same voter kind of push or drive or a thought. Like, I, I thought... The people that I, in my life, if I were to be dead, would probably all look like me, think like me, vote like me. And it just wrecked me because when I look at the life of Jesus, he lived a life for anyone and everyone. You go to Luke 15, and it says, verse 1, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. It's like wherever Jesus went, he looked for the outcast. He looked for the person who was like neglected or forgotten. He looked for the people who were written off. And he said, I'll sit with you. I'll eat with you. And what's amazing is then all the religious people were like, look at that guy. Look at that rabbi. Man, that guy eats with people? That guy, that guy that eats with like tax collectors? And tax collectors, they, they woke up every day just trying to extort and take and provide for the empire. That's all they did. They were hated. And Jesus is like, yeah, but they were created by my father. They matter. And if they matter to my father, they should matter to me. And I remember being around religious people who would say, why is Hal meeting with a Muslim imam? And I was like, because I think that's what Jesus would have done. It's amazing what religious people sometimes can think. He's like, you can't be around those people. 
You can't go gather with them. You can't be seen with them. And Jesus kept in broad daylight around the religious leaders of the day. He was like, yeah, I'm gonna go sit with that person and that person and that person and that person and that person. And if he is our true Lord, Savior, and Rabbi, I think the invitation is for us to go and do likewise. Jesus in Luke 15 tells a couple stories. And what's amazing about these stories is they happen outside a house and they happen within a house. And I think we have to think about that. What happens in our life for anyone and everyone outside the house? And how is our life for anyone and everyone inside our house? Let's start on the outside. Look what it says, verse three. Then Jesus told this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. There's a story of just how someone loses a sheep and it's outside the pen. And this person leaves the 99 and goes after it. We've probably all heard that song, Reckless Love. We've heard about this, we know this, and we can sing it, but often how much do we live it? I remember one time I was preaching and it was a baptism weekend. And for many, many months, I have been kind of just praying, uh, praying, praying, praying for my friend, MZ. MZ uh, grew up Jewish. And he, he didn't really know Jesus, but he was curious. And he started coming to service and he'd stand in the back and just kind of listen. And then he started sitting down in one section. I could always see him when I was teaching. But what happened to be during this baptism service and we sing that song, Reckless Love. And we're doing spontaneous baptism. So I teach, we start worshiping, then anybody who wants to be baptized, they can come up. And we get to this moment where we're singing about how he leaves the 99 to go after the one. And I lock eyes with MZ. And I just feel like the, the spirit just go, get off stage and go tell him. Go off stage and go tell him. And in this moment, the worship team's still singing. I just get off stage and I walk towards him. And I'm like, I just put my hands on his shoulders and I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm doing right now, but I just want you to know, um, God loves you. You matter to me. I don't wanna go to heaven without you. Like, I think, I think you have so much to offer. Like, you're a beautiful, beautiful person. And I think if grace and peace were at the core of your heart, who knows what God might do in you, with you, through you, and for you. And then I just walked away. Walked back to the stage, closing out the service, the baptismal's still there. And as I'm thinking I'm gonna walk off stage, MZ's like, hey, I wanna get baptized. And there was just this moment where my buddy Lance and Clary and Jared and I got to baptize MZ. 
And every time I read this passage, I think of that song, Reckless Love, and I think of this moment of just one person who was just standing there, and when I asked MZ later, why'd you do it? He just said, because you asked me. I had been waiting to be asked. And it made me wonder how many people in our life do we come across that, that we have this relationship with where they look at our life and they go, man, I was just waiting to be invited to church. I was just being, I was just waiting to be invited into the story of God. I was just waiting to be invited into some moment where I could enter into the baptism waters. But oftentimes we, we just hold that to ourselves. The scriptures are really, really clear that when one person, one MZ says yes to Jesus, and there is profound levels of rejoicing in heaven. God wants to use you. God wants to use me. Our lives have to be like Hal's and like Jesus's, where we welcome people and we're able and willing to speak and invite. The second story happens inside the house. It is this, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents, something that happens outside that's lost, but now this one's lost inside, inside the house. One coin is lost. And what's amazing is Jesus, after this story, will tell the story of two brothers, two lost sons, one who goes off on his own, and then one who basically can't welcome his younger brother when he comes to his senses. Both have no understanding of grace. Both can't actually celebrate what what God and Jesus are up to. But this story of someone losing something within, and then when we find it, it's like all heaven celebrates. One of the biggest tragedies for me when it comes to COVID has been how many people have just disappeared. Many people who would have called Heartland home for many, many years, disappeared. Some people moved away. Some people have felt isolated. Some people have just felt disconnected. I guarantee you, some of you are watching this right now. You, you know what it's like when you're like, I remember when I'd be sitting in service, or I remember when I would be in this small group together and just things have changed. And I think for some of you who are watching, you might have had people in your life who have just kind of drifted away from Heartland or from faith. They're like a, one of the lost coins. And one of the most healthy and beautiful things that we can do is to simply reach out and go, hey, how you doing? How you doing? God has prompted different people in my life and literally it's just been a text or on Instagram reaching out, or on Twitter reaching out, or on Facebook reaching out, or picking up the phone and calling, because I don't want anybody to drift. And I don't want to go through my life where I'm okay with lost coins, lost people, that I actually know them. 
And I think we all have to go, man, if I'm gonna live a life for anyone and everyone, man, I gotta be willing to go after people outside and people who are lost inside. Who in your life has just drifted away? Maybe it's the name, maybe it's a family, maybe it's a friend. Maybe we just need to check in and say, hey, have you watched this message? Or you join me next weekend in person at service. Little by little, when we actually do that, the scriptures are clear. There is so much rejoicing when this takes place in heaven. But friends, I think sometimes we, uh, we almost lose sight of the power of our words. I mean, Genesis chapter one, the earth is chaos, it's dark, it's void, and God speaks. And he says these words, let there be light. And what he begins to do is he begins to bring light into the darkness, order into the chaos. He begins to fill this earth with purpose and meaning. There's power in the spoken word. There's power in an invitation. There is a power when we declare our faith in Christ. Paul says it like this to the Romans. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Every one who calls on the name of the Lord will be rescued and redeemed and saved. The question is, is how wide is your everyone? How wide? I look at Hal's life, it was a wide view of everyone. Because he really believed, man, if I, could, if I could live this life of represent Jesus and represent what he stood for and speak about him well, man, who knows what God might do? And the question I bet the Roman church was asking when, when, when Paul says these words, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I wonder if they were just going, well, well how? And Paul just so beautifully in the next verse says, well, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? He takes it even farther. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not yet heard? And how can they hear without someone speaking to them? And how can anyone speak unless they are sent? And then he says these words, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Friend, there's a whole world. There's a whole world of people. A whole city of people in Rockford and Belvedere and Boone County and beyond who don't know what grace and peace and freedom and love and transformation looks like in the name of Jesus. And they're waiting. They're waiting to be seen. They're waiting to be known. They're waiting to be invited. They're waiting to be found. And I think every one of us, every one of us who has been rescued and redeemed by grace, we've been given this opportunity to go and share what we've discovered with anyone and everyone. And Jesus sat with tax collectors these people were just committed treason to the Jewish people. They hated tax collectors. He sat with sinners, people who wanted no part in the Jewish system. He sat, he ate with them, and the religious people muttered and mocked. It didn't matter because Jesus said, I don't care what you say. I just care that these people understand that they matter to God. I mean, how great would it be if like, people started to say, you know who, who Heartland hangs out with? 
You know who they actually go after? You know how they actually hang out with? You know what they actually do? Let anybody say what they want to say, but let's be relentless and living a life like Jesus did who go after anyone and everyone. Quick time out. Who's your one? Who's the one? Outside the house. Outside Heartland, the house of God. Outside the house, who's the one that you're praying for? Who's the one that you're praying for? And inside the house, maybe inside the house of Heartland, house of God, inside this house that's kind of drifted away, who's the one? And what if just in this week we could commit to praying praying for them. Those that have drifted can be brought back. Those who are just going their own way might be invited in that God would give us the words. Because who knows? I choose to believe that there's a lot more MZ stories. There's a lot more howls of Heartland. There's a lot more Jesus stories that he wants to do because the truth is everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved, which means every single person you come across is just one prayer away. One prayer away. The question is, will you speak up? Will you invite? Will you check in? Will you sit with them? Will you live the life that Jesus invites us to? Will you go after the one? Anyone and everyone. Can you imagine if every one of us who called Heartland home lived this kind of life? I mean, we'd have these faith stories, these only God stories. We'd have these stories where God was doing things in our midst and lives were being changed and family stories were being transformed. Why? Because a couple people said, we're gonna go, we're gonna go. And when we do this, we get the thrill of God using us. Friends, please hear me. Every one of us needs to have a one. One that's outside, that's drifting. One that's inside, that's drifting. And we need to be relentless because that's what Jesus was. He was relentless for you and he was relentless for me. So let's follow his example and let's live for anyone and everyone. Let's pray. God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you that you've entrusted us. It still blows my mind. You've entrusted us with your story. God, I'm I, I, grateful for people like Hal. I'm grateful for the life of Christ who just modeled a life that invited anyone and everyone to the table. God, I want that kind of courage in my own life. God, if there's people that have just drifted, bring their names to our minds and give us the courage to, to go after them. There are people in our stories that have no faith background but are just struggling and hurting and drowning with despair or addiction, pain, doubt, worry, fear, whatever. I pray that you would bring them to mind and may we have the courage to go after them. God, let us be the kind of people who take your scripture seriously. I truly believe that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm praying that you would use each and every one of us to go after anyone and everyone because each of those people matters deeply to you. 
We love you, God. Amen. You've been listening to part one of For Anyone and Everyone with Steve Carter. You can watch the message by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page or go to our YouTube channel at Heartland CC Rockford. You can also watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.